Good morning. And welcome again. And also, our visitors, a special welcome. As our regular members know, we are in process of hiring a full-time minister. Minister. Those of you that were here last Sunday, we heard a well-polished and experienced preacher. Last Sunday, there was an element of excitement in the air. And I think basically, just seeing and knowing we're moving forward with the total process. The preacher was Brother Eddie Sanders. That's our first candidate. As we gather all the evaluation forms, and we need to make sure that they're back there on the table, that everyone does get an evaluation form and fill it out, please. We will keep the congregation well informed. As a matter of fact, we had a candidate that was scheduled to speak this morning, but with scheduling conflicts, he will be later scheduled. Let us start off with a prayer, please. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for the privilege and the opportunity to speak about you and to stand before this congregation. I do not take it lightly. Thank you for allowing us to be here in this building to worship you in spirit and in truth. I come to you once again, dear Heavenly Father, praying for courage, strength, and the ability to present this message to where it is pleasing to you. Father, I pray to keep things simple and scriptural for the listener to receive and grow. Father, we also ask you to please be with us here at Washington Trail Church of Christ as we search for the proper minister for this congregation. Be with us as we continue with this service, and I'll be careful to give you alone all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I don't know what it is, but just every time you kind of get up on this side, the better. Okay, okay, okay. Every time you get on this side and that side, it's a difference. I work along with two, I work beside two awesome elders. Chuck Richardson, cool, laid back. Then we have Dan, <laughs> who's just a little bit more alive. And I think the last time that I spoke, it wasn't really that lengthy. <laughs> so Danny kind of made a point. D, <laughs> this piece of paper right here is all the notes that I could take. <laughs> okay, I just want to let Dan know you can turn on the back and it's going to be about the same length. Our topic 
seasons of life. Seasons of life. And we go through seasons of life. Good times, trying times, sad times, and even victorious times. In this life, day and time, we have four seasons. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. Let's start off with the winter. Winter could be a little challenging. It's cold. Your bones ache. Some people's bones ache. But just wait a while, it's going to change. Next, spring. Not too hot, not too cold. Sometimes it can be hot. Sometimes it can be cold. But just wait a while, it's going to change. It's going to summer. It's hot. But you know what? Wait a while, it's going to change. Finally, we have fall. It also could be really nice, but we know the drill, it's going to change. As our scripture today, Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Tarry. What does tarry mean? Sometimes you, you read the scripture and if there's a word in there that you maybe not quite understand, it's kind of hard for you maybe to even understand the scripture. Tarry means to remain or stay in a place. But with the seasons of life, there is going to be a change. Let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war 
in a time of peace. We had just read there is the right time for everything. I have a question. Have you ever had a desire or a request for God? So you have it. So what we do, we start praying. And he told us all we have to do is we, we ask. So all we have to do is ask. Now let's take an example. Say you got this real big old tree, big beautiful tree, all these beautiful leaves. And in our eyesight, that's what we see. The big tree, the beautiful leaves. But God, he deals with roots. Us, we can't see the roots, but God, he can see the roots. And with this particular example, he knows our heart and he sees our heart. Let's go to Isaiah 55, chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. To reiterate on that, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are, my, nor are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As we go through our seasons, at times, maybe she, we shouldn't be discouraged, but maybe encouraged. Sometimes what we, may, what we may need to do, wait, pray, and have faith. Have another scripture, Philippians 4, 6 through 8. That's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, my prayer, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be, be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on them. I'm sorry, meditate on these things. All right, let me get on a personal note about seasons. I'm going to start off with the young age of 13. Does anybody remember when they were 13? You do, Betty? 
It's a little challenging for me, but I can remember when I was 13. When you 11, 12, it's something about that 13 that's a little bit different. I am now a teenager. That's big. You got that teen out of it. All right, so let's go a little bit further. What do you think comes after that uh, age of 13? There you go, 16, driver's license. Very excited, parents nervous, and really, at 16, no mortgage, no rent. The only problem you're going to have at 16 is trying to figure out when you go get your license how to parallel park. Because it really don't make sense. You have a driveway, parallel park, that's what it is. Let's get into the 20s. It's the dating game now. Another phase. I was at the skating rink, the roller rink. I love skating. And while I was doing the dating game, we were skating over in Indiana. We used to skate here in Louisville, but we skated over in Indiana. So I went over there this one time, and I seen this young lady. She could skate. She was smooth. She was so cool. So we know what happened. I married her. Next season, we have a son, two awesome kids, a son. Lovely daughter. Both with great careers. Wonderful relationship with both. Both baptized in the church. Serving God. Great season. Next season, watching your children raise their children. It's really different. What a season. But what I'm doing now is bigger than a message. It's a part of my life. Daily, trying to do the right thing, serving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I got another example. Let's go to the book of Job. Job chapter 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 3. Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. 
Job was the man. He was strong. But as the passage stated, the main thing, Job himself was blameless and upright. And that's what it's really all about. Blameless and upright. But let's remember, Satan's always working. So let's go look at, still in chapter 1, verses 13. Through 20. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And the messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided them and looked them away, indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword. Now alone, have escaped to tell you. It's like, wow. So while he was still speaking, another came and said, the the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Just hold on right there for a minute. Now, we just got through saying that he was blameless and upright. Could you imagine Job saying, what's going on? What have I done? What's wrong? Let's keep going. Verse 17. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands raided the camels and took them away, yes, and killed the servant with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, your son and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose to his robe and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. That's rough. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 7. You know, what a season. Now, that's a season. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. So not only Job's family, but now this has affected Job himself. And after everything Job is going through and went through, his wife came up to him. I'm paraphrasing here a little bit. Job, what did you do? Job was 
I didn't do nothing. You know, I'm sure, once again, I'm paraphrasing. The wife kind of looked and said, what did you do? And he said, I didn't do nothing. So he went on. Then his friends, hey, Job, paraphrasing, what did you do, man? I didn't do nothing. I didn't do anything, whichever's proper. Wife, friends, you talking about a season? All right, let's go a little bit further. Let's go to Job chapter 42. I'm going to read a few verses there, probably start with verse 12. All right, now we get ready to come into another season here. Now the Lord blessed, now the Lord blessed the latter day of Job more than his beginning, for he had four thousand sheep, six thousand camels, one thousand yoke of ox, oxen, and one thousand female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. Let's go to verse 15. In all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job, and the father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old, and full of days. It's one thing, um, you know, I, I, mom's got this saying, I would say, how? This right here and this right here, I'd be like, how? I don't know how, but I know. And for a long time, I just didn't understand because I would come back again and I would say, Mama, how? I, boy, I told you, I don't know how. But I know. And I really guess that just boils down to faith. It's a verse, and it starts out, it comes to pass. You know, you don't have to go here, but you can write this down and check it later. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1, the first four words, it comes to pass. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it comes to pass. Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 1, it comes to pass. So basically what it boils down to, hold tight. Because it gets tough. Hold tight. As I wrap this up, Washington Trail Church of Christ, we're in the midst of a season, which is okay. I remember the sides over here, it used to be classrooms over here. We remodeled, tore down the walls, 
made the auditorium larger. I can remember the piece of land that's across the way. Purchased it for future growth. I remember we had a church van and we would get a call saying they were broke down. Then they had to borrow a van from another church out of town to get back here and then figure out how to get that van back. Right now, we got a nice new van. That was just a season. What season are you currently in? And sometimes while you're going through your season, you may be teaching someone else without even knowing it. Stay focused on God. And I got one more thing that's kind of special to my heart. As I was getting the lesson together, and anybody that prepared a lesson knows how you start, then you get a detour, then you go back and forth, then you finally say, hey, you got you to gotta stick with something. But as I was doing the lesson, a message came through my phone. And I looked at it, and it said that Ray and Katie had a baby boy. Now, I can remember when they were in that process. You talking about seasons. I would see Katie. She just didn't have a lot to say. She was sad. Then time passes. Go again. Just didn't work. That went on for a while. Season after season after season. And then when that came through my phone, I was like, yeah, this was the season for Ray and Katie. If you are in need of prayer, or you would like to dedicate your life over to Christ, let this be the season. We ask you to come while we gather, stand, and sing.